Welcome to the Consumed Church Weekly Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message, Walking Wisdom, by Brad Brady. For any further information about this message or the ministries of Consumed Church, check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. We're so grateful for what you're doing in our lives. We're so grateful for what you're doing in this family. Amen. Just been meditating on some stuff the last couple of weeks. Just want to share it. How about that? Usually I get up and say, I've got some good news. I've got some good news, but I've got some exhortation this morning as well. So we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1. How many of you know preachers like to use acrostics? Yes. Don't you know what acrostic is? Okay, O-U-C-H, what does that spell? Ouch. Ouch, you know what that means? Nothing, I just want to make sure I got your attention before I get started. (laughs) So turn with me, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to start with the first verse and just lay a little bit of a foundation. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ. At Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you. As indeed, in the whole world, it's bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So this is the kind of people he's talking to. Now look with me, if you would, in verse 9. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Whew! Paul was just the master at putting a whole lot of thoughts in one sentence. (laughs) So let's unpack this a little bit. So he says, from the moment that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. What did they hear? They heard about their faith in Jesus Christ. They heard about the love that they had for all the saints. They heard about this hope that they knew was reserved for them because they understood and believed the gospel. And he says, since that time, I've not ceased praying for you. And here's what he's praying. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I never stop praying for you 
that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. People that had faith in Jesus, people that had love for the saints, people that were living in hope, he says, I never stop praying this over you. You'll be filled with the knowledge of his will. That word filled literally comes from the word crammed. It's like, it's like cramming a net into a, a crate. This big net that you throw out everywhere. You got to move that thing around so you got to cram it in a box. And he says, I just pray that you guys would just be packed full. You have this abundant resource. You'll be absolutely packed full of the knowledge of his will. <laughs> and we've talked about the word knowledge before, meaning um, one way to put it is, is contact knowledge. It's experiential knowledge. It's not like I read this in a book. It's like I experienced this knowledge. It's, it's a firsthand experiential knowledge of his will, what he desires. I never stop praying for you guys that you'll be crammed full of this experiential knowledge of what God wants for you. And how do you get it? In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Wisdom. Supreme intelligence. It, it means, uh, one way to put it is apprehending the bearing of things. To understand how things work. To know what the next step is. A, a, a definition of understanding is to be able to connect the dots. One definition, if you, if you study it in the Greek, it says sanctified inductive reasoning. Inductive. One thing leads to another, one thing leads to another, and it's sanctified. So the way to, to be full of the knowledge of his will is in spiritual wisdom and understanding. I pray that you'll be filled full with the precise knowledge of what God desires so that you'll discern his will and know how to do it. Not just any wisdom and understanding, but spiritual wisdom and understanding. Because how many of you know there's other things that are called wisdom? Yeah. There's other things that, that pass for understanding. James talks about that, right? Look in James chapter 3, please. James 3.13, he says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. By his good conduct, you can see wisdom by good conduct. Meekness. Strength under control. Gentle strength. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. Word uh, bitter jealousy. Jealousy is, is from the word zeal. It, it doesn't always mean a bad thing. You know, John, in John chapter 2, the disciples remembered the, the quote out of the scriptures where it said, the zeal for your house will consume me when Jesus cleansed the temple. The problem with this zeal 
is that it's bitter. Zeal means <laughs> zeal means to get hot enough to boil. That's what it means. So it can be good or bad, but in this place, it's bitter. It's harsh. It's sharp. If that thing that's if that thing is that you're zealous of, if that thing that's important to you, is producing sharpness and bitterness. If it's harsh, maybe it's not the Lord. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, that means self-seeking. If the things I'm doing are for my benefit. <laughs> Don't boast and be false for the truth. To the truth. Verse 15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. There's wisdom that comes from more than one place. Spiritual wisdom comes from above. It's the word pneumatikos. From the spirit, pneuma. But he says, this kind of wisdom, if you're not operating in that kind of wisdom, this kind of wisdom is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, There'll be disorder in every vile practice. <laughs> There'll be uh, disorder, instability, unstable, not settled. And there'll be uh, every vile practice, every worthless deed, every bad habit, every wicked action. So there's this contrast here. The word earthly, I said the word spiritual is the word pneumaticos. The word earthly is psuchikos, from the soul. There's wisdom that comes from the spirit and there's wisdom that comes from the soul. And it says if it's earthly, it's a big statement. If it's unspiritual, it's demonic. Is that what it says? If it's unspiritual, if it's earthly, if it's from the soul, there's a good possibility it's being influenced by a different spirit. So he says, let your wisdom be known by your good conduct, by meekness. Verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first, what? Pure. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wisdom of God is first pure, it's holy, it's uncontaminated. It's peaceful. It's reasonable, able to yield. Compliant, fully obedient, compassionate, wholehearted, no hypocrisy. So think about the things that, that we are passionate about. I've, I've, I've been concerned over the years watching believers gather up crusades that don't produce Christ-likeness. They produce something else. 
And it feels right. And there's a lot of people telling you you're right. And there's a lot of people telling you you're doing the right thing. But the scripture says we're predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. If that thing that's important to me is not bringing me closer to Christ-likeness, I should take a look at it. Right? I had a, a brother years ago uh, when I was in Bible college and a few years after I, I was a, a manager for a valet company. And we, it was big business in those days. We had, we had probably 125 accounts. I have run valet jobs where we had 95 or 100 valets. We parked three, over 3,000 cars, 3,500 cars in a night in one place in the rain. Oh, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I shut a door on a guy's hand one night in the pouring down rain. Um, but we had, I had a guy that I worked with for years, just a wonderful brother, wonderful brother, older than me. Uh, you know, I was in my early 20s. He was in his early 30s. Just a wonderful, gentle, kind brother. One night we got some time to talk, and I asked him his testimony. He had been a drug guy, which was my background as well. One night he had a drug deal go bad and killed someone. And he went home and remembered what he knew growing up and repented and called the police and said, if you go to this address, there's a body there. And if you come to this address, I did it and I turned myself in. He spent like his first 12 years as a believer in prison doing hard time. And came out the most Christ-like brother I had met at that time. And he uh, he was working in the library in the prison. And these guys came in one night uh, to assault somebody that was there. And he decided since that library was his responsibility, he wasn't going to allow it. And so he's standing in between this guy and this group of guys. And he said, it's loud, and they're screaming, and they're yelling, and everybody's posturing. And he said, somebody said something out of the corner of my eye, and I didn't hear what they said. And my real man came out, and I just looked over and said, excuse me, what did you say? And he said, that gentleness broke that spirit of violence. And the guys just turned around and walked off. And then he, re then he reminded me of that scripture in Proverbs. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath. And that scripture has meant something different to me ever since then. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We don't want to be those that stir up anger. We want to be those that represent Christ. <laughs> so there's earthly wisdom. There's wisdom from the soul. And there's the kind that comes from the spirit. Another word for spiritual, if you look it up, it says this, not carnal. <laughs> not carnal. Right? What does that remind you of? What does not carnal remind you of? Second Corinthians 10. Right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Right? Let's look at that for a minute. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not carnal, 
but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. So even though we live in the skin, even though we live in the flesh, that's not the way we fight. It's not the way we make war. That's not the way we contend. Flesh. That Greek word is sarks. You've heard that before? Sarks. Here's what it means. Done apart from the spirit. Unaided human effort. Human strength, human reasoning. He says, that's not the way we fight. Because if you fight that way, it's a guarantee you're going to lose. We are going to fight. We are in a war. But our weapons are not depending on our knowledge. On our strength or our wisdom, our understanding. They are mighty in God to pull down strongholds. So what's a stronghold? So think about it, really, what's a stronghold? It's a a castle. If you're in Europe, it's a castle. It literally comes from the word a military base. A fortified military strong-walled fortress. That's not always bad either. Psalm 18, David said, you are my fortress, you are my shield. What's he saying? In you, I'm protected. In you, I'm safe. In you, I don't have to be afraid. But Paul's talking about a different kind of stronghold. What's he talking about? 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy arguments, Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He says these fortresses, these strongholds, they're made out of arguments, high things, lofty opinions, thoughts that are contrary to God's word. And he calls this a stronghold. So what is it? It's a place where somebody's safe. We destroy arguments. And every high thing that lifts itself against the knowledge of God. That word literally means we destroy it for ourselves. In other words, nobody else is in here but me. I have brothers and sisters and when I've got struggles and stuff, I go to them and I do. And I ask them for prayer. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another and you'll be healed. But the only person that can run what's in my head is me. It says you pull them down for yourself. We pull down strongholds, arguments. That's the word reasoning. It means to have an opinion that God doesn't have. We said it up here before. If God has an opinion of me that's different from my opinion of me, somebody's got to change their mind. And guess what? It's not going to be him. Because he's right. So we have these arguments, these things that, that don't agree with what God says is true. Every high thing, it's a, it's a barrier. 
It says every high thing raised up against God's knowledge. It's literally a barrier to God's knowledge coming into us. God says, this is who you are. And something in me says, no, it's not. God says, this is what you can do. And I go, yeah, but I've tried. I remember hearing Robert Morris preach years ago. He was reading a scripture. I think it was like one where it, you know, it says, you know, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He was praying and reading his Bible and he said, yeah, but God, you know, you know how I really am. The Holy Spirit interrupted him and said, so what, am I lying? When God says who we are, is that wishful thinking on his part? Is that who he hopes we are? He says we're brand new creatures. We get to spend the rest of our life finding out what that means. Old things are passed away, all of them. You become brand new, but we get these. Anybody know? We get these opinions on the inside. We don't share them. But what they do is they, they're a barrier to the knowledge of God. The scripture says it's a stronghold that enables the enemy to be safe. It's a place where he can go out and steal and kill and destroy and come back and he's hidden. You don't even know who's behind it. I remember when God set me free from shame. I think I've told the story. I don't know. It's a big one. But when God set me free from shame, I realized that this was not, I thought all the shame that I grew up with was just the result of being Brad. And it wasn't. It was something that had been attached to me over the years. And I thought, this is just the way I am. And this is, what, this is, this is the way I'll be the rest of my life. It was an absolute lie. It came from someplace else and attached itself to me. And when God broke it off from that day, I haven't lived in shame again. One day, in a few minutes. But it was the stronghold of my life. It was the thing that I suffered with more than any. I had to fight hard just to keep my head above water. And most of the time it was like this, drowning in shame. So stronghold is this place where the enemy can go in and out. And he's protected by stuff that we think, that we believe. Is that what he's talking about? Come on, it's quiet in here. The battlefield of the mind. But one, one, one rock doesn't make a fortress. How many of you have been in the military? There's a big difference between concealment and cover. Concealment means you can't see me, but you probably can shoot through that thing and do me some harm. Cover means I'm safe. There's fire coming in. I'm getting under something. One thought doesn't make a fortress, but a whole bunch of them do. One stacked upon another. And the next thing you know, there's a place where the enemy's having influence on us and he's protected. This is what he's talking about. The battlefield of the mind. Thoughts and ideas contrary to the word of God that are concealed in our broken, unrenewed thought life. Let's say that again. 
thoughts and ideas that are contrary to the word of God that are concealed in our broken, unrenewed thought life. Scripture says transformation comes when our minds are renewed. And here's what Paul says. We got weapons to pull this stuff down. Just because it's been like that doesn't mean it has to stay like that because our weapons of the warfare are way stronger than what we bring to the table. They have the divine power of God to pull this mess down. So if, if, if you have, we all, we all have experienced it. Most, we all have. If there's an area of your life that you know, ah, just having trouble getting through this, go to someone. Because what you're experiencing is 100% human. And he says, if you'll confess your faults, it doesn't just mean sin. It's those places where stuff is broken. If you'll confess your brokenness to one another and pray for one another, God will heal you. Amen? If I'm believing lies about myself, I don't need you to come pat me on the back and make me feel better. I don't need to feel better about the way I believe in myself. That's not true. I need somebody to come along and go, yeah, but doesn't God say this? Spiritual wisdom and understanding is what we're talking about. Spiritual weapons for pulling this stuff down. What does Hebrews say? The word of God is sharp and it's able to divide the soul and the spirit. I don't want to live in my soul. I got lots of practice. <laughs> there's, there's no grass on that trail in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says, listen, since we heard of your faith, we have not stopped praying for you. But you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let's look at that again. Colossians 3.9. We only unpacked the first sentence so far. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. There's a reason why we need this. Because without it, we can't walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Without, without, the wisdom and understanding, the knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit, we cannot walk in a way that pleases the Lord. I've practiced that a lot too. And Paul uses the terminology, he tells the Ephesians to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, the calling for which you've been called. He tells the Philippians, walk in a matter worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, in this case, walk in a matter that is worthy of the Lord, fitting for the master. There's one person, Lord, master, 
got absolute ownership rights. Lord's not just another title for him. He redeemed us. He paid full price for us. He paid more than we were worth, I think. Walk in a matter fitting for the Lord. Here's what it looks like. Fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in every good work. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. For all endurance in patience, with joy. <laughs> you know what his power and his might produces? The ability to stay under endurance. Not just to survive, but to stay under with joy. Patience, long-suffering. He gives us the strength to be able to endure things with joy. Not complaining and whining, just trying to get out. The ability to bear up under something. The strength of God gives us the ability to do that with joy. Giving thanks with, to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. In case you don't have anything to give thanks for, He has made us fit. He has made us able, sufficient to have our part in what's allotted for the saints in light. You. We have a part in the inheritance, the allotment. It comes from the word lot, like throwing lots. He threw a lot. Here's what's yours. He, he gave you the enablement to have a share in that. That's worth giving thanks for. <laughs> Fitting for the master. Fully pleasing, bearing fruit, increasing in knowledge, being strengthened and giving thanks. He says, the only way to do that, I have not stopped praying for you to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I mean, if Paul prayed for that every day, I think that's a good prayer target. What do you think? I got some new stuff I'm praying over myself now. Ever since this jumped on me, I've been praying it over everybody I know. I just don't stop praying this. There's people that, uh, I just wish they could get it together. There's a good prayer right there. Father, fill them, fill them. Fill them with the wisdom. Fill them with knowledge of your will. Give them spiritual understanding. Give them spiritual wisdom. I don't know if this is going to come up. Here's the way he finishes this little section. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness. Glory to God. <laughs> He's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. We've been paid for. We've been bought back. We have the forgiveness of our sins. That's what happened. You got, you got, it used to be over there. It's like on, it's not even on the same planet anymore. <laughs> so let's look at one more scripture. It's not going to come up. So it's in Ephesians chapter 5. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Here's what Paul says to the Ephesians. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Is that not the same thing? Be careful. Don't walk without wisdom. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Redeem the time. World's not getting any better. Redeem the time. Then he says this. Don't be drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. That word debauchery is the word asodia. It means, uh, uh, the prefix ah means not. It means not sozo. Not having salvation. You get drunk with wine, it takes you the other direction. It's, uh, it's uh, wastefulness. Doesn't produce salvation, it produces something else. So just right in the middle of this, he says, listen, don't get drunk with wine, but here's what you do. Be filled with the Spirit. Get drunk with something else. In other words, let something else influence you that way. Your soul's craving something else. Let, let something else influence you that way. But listen to this. This, is, this. this, to me, this is incredible. This is my opinion. This is not necessarily the opinion of the sponsors. <laughs> but, he, but he says this twice. He says it again in Colossians. He says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. That phrase, speaking to yourself, is used over 300 times in the New Testament. It is almost always translated, speak to yourself, not speak to one another. It's over 320 times. There's only a couple of times where it doesn't say to yourself or to oneself or to himself or to herself. I'm not sure why this is translated this way. Here's what I believe it says. It says, be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Right? Do y'all run around singing to people? I don't walk up to my guys at work and go, oh, I love you, Lord, you're so good. He's sing it to yourself. Psalms, the spirit, the, the, the scripture put to music. Hymns, sacred songs that are filled with thanksgiving and praise. Spiritual songs, that thing that comes out of my heart that's just between me and my Lord. He says, you want to be filled with the spirit? Speak to yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submit to one another out of reference for him. That sounds like wisdom, doesn't it? Understanding the will of the Lord. I'm going to encourage you to pray this prayer over yourself 
over those that you love. They will have his wisdom and understanding and walk in a manner worthy of him. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at theconsumedchurch.com slash give.